Welcome to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. Here is your host, Bill Faith. The STR Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Mark on My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with MarketMySTR. Hey everybody, welcome back to STR Unfiltered. I'm Bill Faith, founder of Build Short-Term Rental Wealth and the STR Wealth Conference. This episode, we're going to talk about protecting your DTI, and it's brought to you by Market My STR. This is the new all-in-one marketing platform that simplifies marketing for me and you, the hosts that have busy schedules and multiple properties to be able to manage everything from hosting your direct booking pages to email marketing, text marketing, live chat to increase your direct booking conversions, CRM, and much more currently in launch mode for less than $97 a month. Check out marketmystr.com. Uh, that's a new sponsor of our show. Yes, I am a partner in that business. Yes, I endorse it. Yes, I brought it to you extremely cheap because I want to spread this through the entire industry because we all need marketing. The other thing that we all need to do is protect our debt to income ratio. And I can't tell you, I just got back from Montana uh, from my retreat that I hosted there, 20 amazing people, very small, intimate retreat. And a lot of them have maxed out their debt to income ratio. The first thing that I want to kind of advise you is you need to track this. I track mine almost daily. I'm looking at it. If you're watching this on my YouTube channel, you can see this is Credit Karma. Uh, this is an app that I use. That's my current score on, what is this? Uh, TransUnion and Equifax. So TransUnion, I am at 775. And one thing that's really important is you see this dip right here, right? So I run between 753 to 770, really 785 over the last six months. And there's a little bit of a dip that transpired on March 17th of 2023. And that's when I had a five fifty-five hundred dollar credit card balance. So the reason I track my score is our, and I, then I track my credit card balance as well. So I have three primary credit cards that I utilize and I pay them off sometimes daily. If I'm really close around the dates that they, the credit cards typically report and typically about every two to three days, people think that's crazy, but I treat my deb my credit cards like debit cards. To me, it's cash. One, I never want to pay the interest. I don't want it to carry over 30 days and get charged any interest. But two, it helps me protect my debt to income ratio. My score dropped by 17 points when I had $5,000 in credit card debt. I typically will have zero when they report every single month. That's why my credit uh, score stays so consistent. 
So get a Credit Says Me app, get a, a Credit Karma app trap. You need to track your, your credit score. Um, the higher your, your credit, the better interest rate and even negotiation that you have when you go in to purchase your next home. A lot of us crush it by not managing our credit cards. Paying off your monthly statement is not good enough, folks. You at least probably need to be paying off your credit cards when you're in buying mode, at least weekly. And when you're really in buying mode, like getting ready that you've decided on a market, you're getting ready to purchase, you're within weeks of your, of your credit being pulled, you need to really manage, you know, your credit card spend. I'm not saying not to spend. What I'm saying is, is that you need to just pay it off as often as you can. That's why I do everything on my phone. Um, I use an Amex Platinum. I use a Chase United Airlines card and a Chase Southwest Visa, uh, strategically racking up my points. Uh, I've got both those credit cards in my Chase app right on my phone, which is nice. I've also got my, um, you can see there's my Chase app right there. I've also got my Amex Platinum uh, that I deal with there. And I just easily can make those payments. So if I go make a big purchase, sometimes I will even prepay it. Uh, so the Montana retreat was just billed to my Amex credit card. I knew that I was going to have a balance of about 5,500. So I paid it down as much as I could because I'm in buying mode right now. I've got another property currently under contract as of this recording. And I'm looking at another one because I think it's the best time to buy. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people are waiting and see, getting ready to get ready. Could the economy get worse? Yes, but could it get better? Absolutely. We don't know. Nobody has a crystal ball. But I like buying when the interest rates are high because I'm getting a lower price and I can always reposition with a refi later. Uh, so here's why we need to protect our credit. Not just for second home loans, a typical Fannie and Freddie's, but we need to protect our credit when we go in and we do those commercial loans. So I'm a commercial loan guy, as you guys well know. I love going into local banks. I love walking in with my, my entire package, my tax returns, my personal financial statement, my liquidity letters, you know, having my performance already built out for the, the money I'm going to ask for to buy the property on a good, better, and best, you know, scenario. And I walk into the bank and I have all this stuff prepared and the banker's freaking blown away. And it's much easier for me to be able to deal with. I tell them what my credit score is. I can show them on my app. Is it 100% accurate? No. I have the PFS with all my properties. I have three years tax returns all on a thumb drive, or I've also got it saved in Google Drive so I can get it to them immediately. Well, that's really important because that's part of our credit worthiness is how much that banker believes in us. So if I pull out my Credit Karma app and my 775 has gone down to 687 because I forgot to pay a $15,000 credit card bill, even though it technically wouldn't be behind, but I just missed the payment over two or three days that it reports, I'm screwed, right? So that whole preparation becomes absolutely critical. The other part about this in managing our DTI is when you go into that commercial bank, you, we, you and I have to personally guarantee those loans. So the bank is looking at the property being sustainable, very similar to a T107 that a DSCR will Property's going to cost X. It's going to generate Y in income or in rental income. Is it sustainable as an investment? If it is, we still have to PG it. So the bank is going to look at us as the backup. If shit hits the fan and everything goes haywire, is, does Bill have the credit worthiness to be able to pay that loan back? Right? So it's don't just think this is for second home loans. It's for commercial loans as well. The only loan that's really not going to pull your credit and look at your credit worthiness is going to be a DSCR, debt service credit loan. 
And that's one of the reasons that their rates are always higher than a commercial and higher than Fannie and Freddie. And they put that five-year prepayment penalty on it. So that way, just can't back out of the loan. With that being said, there's also some additional strategies that you can implement to protect your DTI. If you're a new investor and you're thinking about going down that Fannie and Freddie path, I'm going to advise you not to. And here's why. Most new investors come in and they go down the vacation home, you know, second home loan, the traditional Fannie and Freddie's. They literally reports to their credit. They see that $500,000 loan balance. They see that million-dollar loan balance, and they just blow through their DTI. Even if you're, if you're making half a million dollars a year, let's just say it's $40,000 a year in income. You have roughly 40% of that. So let's just say that's $18,000. And you have a $3,000 a month mortgage and two you know, $500 a month car payments. So that means you have $4,000 already on that mortgage. That leaves you $14,000 of investment income. If you go buy today, most people are going to be about, let's say, 7.5% interest rate. You buy a three $600,000 properties on a 20-year amortization, principal and interest, you're going to blow through that. You're done. You're stuck at three properties. If you do traditional Fannie and Freddie, if you go and you do commercial loans, those are not going to report. That's one of the questions you ask when you interview a bank. That'll be in a later podcast episode. How do you interview the bank? Yes, we can interview them when we need to find out that they're going to fit exactly what we're looking for, that we're a good fit for each other. So when they don't, even though we have to PG it, I will not work with commercial banks that report. Because if you really pay attention to your loans, a lot of them are asking how many mortgages you have when you put on that. So a lot of strategy goes into this and how to manage your performa. That's a whole nother podcast. John Hodge, the bank whisperer, and I go in depth in this in the, the Super Team Accelerator program. But if I buy a property now, I've already filed my tax return, and I'm generating income in 2023, I'm not going to be able to count that income with most banks until I've filed on 2024. So like my Montana property that I closed on in February, I wouldn't show that on my PFS. I just wouldn't because it's just it's bad debt to a bank right now. So that's a whole nother story that has nothing to do with DTI. But here's what I do do. I've made this abundantly clear. I bought a new Tesla for my wife last year. Let me rephrase that. My wife bought herself a new Tesla last year. She bought me a new truck last year, right before the end of last year in 2021, we traded in our boat and bought a brand new boat. We've got about $150,000 in debt. Truck was hundred grand, Tesla was 80, boat was 75. We put like 50% down roughly on each of them, uh, but we're carrying debt. Let me rephrase that to be specific. She's carrying the debt. I'm the one that buys all the properties. I protect my DTI. I protect my credit worthiness. That's her debt. She takes that bad debt. So if you are going to buy a new car, if you're going to buy a boat, if you're going to buy a Sea-Doo, if you're going to finance it, if you're going to buy a side-by-side, any of these toys, anything that's considered bad debt, which is pretty much everything non-real estate, uh, income-producing real estate-driven, then make sure that you, if you're married, that you have a plan of either one of the two spouses. You have spouse number one that takes on the debt. Spouse number two, that's going to be the person that's going to qualify. So that way, spouse number two can be husband or wife to where they can protect their DTI. So manage your credit card balances literally daily. I need you to keep an eye on your credit score and also on your credit card balances. If you don't have apps on your phone for your credit card, get it now. Number two, make sure that you are paying close attention to uh, you know, the management of your, your bad debt. Number three, Make sure that you separate that bad debt and the person that's going to hold that is not the person that's going to be signing 
when you go and purchase. The person that purchases need that needs to have the highest income, the least amount of debt, and the highest credit worthiness. Hopefully this helps. We'll see you guys on the next episode of STR Unfiltered. Happy hosting, everybody. Thank you for listening to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.